Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at NOMCASTpod.com. Follow us on the socials at NOMCASTpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. to crack and one open with mike and elise on this episode we're going to do something a little bit different we're going to be uh talking about and drinking some beer wait i know we're changing it up would you like to enlighten the listeners and myself as to how this is different i'm gonna sip my beer with my Pinky right out. hand oh no i'm just kidding i might hit the microphone that way it's, it's gonna be in my left hand <laughs> I never realized that. It's always in my left hand in this show. Ha. Not as ambidextrous as you think. Uh, I only do it due to due to microphone smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the nonsensical comedic routines that no one comes <laughs> uh, <yes>. for. <laughs> Beer Fesser, what are we drinking today? I'm glad you asked. Well, good, because like As- assistant beer fesser. <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> Well, you proved yourself to be a worthy beer fesser with the the stout six pack episode. So, oh shucks. Anyway, this week we are cracking open fresh, mm. a New England style IPA from Alvarium Beer Company, which is located in New Britain, Connecticut. So, Alvarium Beer Company, and this is straight from their website because I couldn't have written it better myself is comprised of three amazingly hardworking and talented individuals who want nothing more than to melt your face off with some killer craft beer. All right. <laughs> Brian Bugnacki, sales, taproom manager, king of details. Chris D. Gassaro, head brewer, part-time hunk, full-time chunk. <laughs> and Mike Larson, operations, mechanical engineer, all-around brewery MacGyver. <laughs> Nestled in the industrial center of New Britain, Connecticut, uh, it, a, they they abbreviate themselves ABC. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alvarium Beer Company was founded on the principle of revitalizing a historical city with the mighty power of some kick-ass beer. Pew, pew. <laughs> Sound effects are my own. Um, our brewery is not focused on mass production. Instead. We want to create an ultra communal tap room where people of all types can unite under the flag of righteous craft beer. Drink up, baby. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. End quote. <laughs> uh, upon its opening in 2017, 
Alvarium was the first commercial brewery in the city of New Britain for over 60 years. The city's last brewery, Cremo Brewing, closed in 1955. Cremo? Yeah, I know. It's a it's not very appetizing no. title for beer. <laughs> <laughs> and fun fact, New Britain's motto going back 150 years is, quote, industry fills the hive and enjoys the honey. And on the official city seal is a beehive. Do you see where I'm going with this? I see where you're going with this, but only mostly because I also know what Alvarium's all about. <laughs> so, yeah, with two of the three co-founders being from the area, this definitely inspired the name for Alvarium beer, as well as its logo and taproom decor. So according to the um, an article from Innovation Destination Hartford, head brewer of Alvarium, Chris Digasaro, uh, gained experience from working at City Steam and Cambridge House before teaming up with homebrewers Mike Larson and Brian Bugnacki to launch a startup brewery. And with help from the Connecticut beer community, he actually specified some individuals from Hog River and Hanging Hills, both of which we have covered on this podcast, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And they were able to push through the daunting process of pursuing a startup brewery together. And that kind of seems to be the underlying theme with so many Connecticut breweries that we cover on this podcast, that like the craft beer community here is just so like not just willing, but happy to help each other out, um, especially when you're just kind of starting out. I feel like a lot of that is partly that a lot of these brewers are getting their experience having had worked with other people already. Yes. So there's already a lot of, I worked with you who worked with me, who worked with that, mm-hmm. which happens a lot here in Southern Connecticut with the pizza industry as well, Yeah. you know, with the pizza capital of America, but also a lot of them are related to or have dated mm. or worked with all ah, these yes. other people. <laughs> so it's all very kind of incestuous in terms of like, they're all kind of coming from the same strand, the same progenitor. <laughs> As I think also being from one of the smallest states in the union mm-hmm. that is usually just seen as New York's butthole. Feel free to not oh. like that either. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's pretty much true. <laughs> it's just it's a way to the more breweries we have that are good, that are something people want to taste outside of the state or come to the state to drink mm-hmm. like people do with Vermont and all that. And yes. New Hampshire, where they go up there just to get their beer. Yeah. Puts us it's, on the map. It's like a, a bit. what do you call it? Not an an homage. A pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, homage sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I de- I totally derailed your train of thought trying to think of the oh, word. That, that's what it, like everybody. So the more breweries that we have that are good that have all this experience that put out great beer, the more mm-hmm. it puts Connecticut on the map, which puts everyone else on the map. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. One part of the the interviews that I was reading while preparing my notes that I actually didn't include made the same kind of point where when Alvarium found out that Five Churches Brewing was also going to be opening in New Britain after them, they were ecstatic. They were like, great. Like the more craft beer people we have coming here, the more of a like a destination this is going to be. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we can work together. Everyone likes beer. Everyone's going to come for the beer. Like, yeah, like we have, it's tri- not, it's not a competition. Milford went from no breweries to now we have Tribus, Milford Point Brewing and Dockside. Yeah. And I think the They're fact all that fantastic. they all they have all those, yeah. work, like they all complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time of the interview that I 
was just quoting before, they mentioned that when head brewer Chris started brewing, there were only nine breweries in Connecticut. Wow. That, yeah. So it's absolute. I mean, we have like over 100 now. I, I lost count, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Alvarium is quite proud of their tap room, which was built with their bare hands and a heavy helping of local Stanley power tools. Mm. <laughs> so if and when we visit, because obviously at this point we have to, um, we can sit at their 10 ton bar that was painstakingly built with solid steel I-beams and reclaimed oak with custom honeycomb lighting, handcrafted wooden tables, local kielbasa, Ooh. Uh, which is actually provided, I assume, by Brian Bugnacki's family company, Bugnacki's Specialty Meats. Nice. Although you said the bar was built uh, and then you started listing the supplies that built it. And then you said kielbasa as if it were built with kielbasa. Oh, no, this is just what they what, I, I, what we can enjoy when I, we go I there. I insinuated, <laughs> but you kept listing it as if it was built with kielbasa. So I was like, ooh. And then I kind of went, yeah. <laughs> Kielbasa bricks. This took a turn. (laughs) Uh, Also, food trucks, a 12-foot shuffleboard table, tabletop foosball, and an outdoor patio. So Alvarium really wanted to make it a point to make beer for everyone. Chris said, we weren't going to brew boring beer, and we weren't just going to jump on the train and brew IPAs. We wanted to brew beer for everybody. So to do that, we had to have a really wide tap list. And you bet they did. Oh, snap. (laughs) It spans from traditional German styles to funky and creative brews like fruited sours and pastry stouts. And they've even got a flagship ale named Cremo, which I mentioned before, is a tribute to the last brewery to grace New Breton before them. So with that, on to the beer that we are drinking today. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back in my notes. I don't I think I either skipped or deleted part of my notes. Yeah. So the significance of the name Alvarium mm-hmm. is Alvarium is Latin for beehive. The beehive is on the stamp for New Britain itself and on the logo for Alvarium. So I just wanted to backtrack. I don't know what happened in my notes there, but it was supposed to be there. That makes more sense. Yeah. Because um, you were like, and that's why it's called Alvarium. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I must have like deleted it or something accidentally. So, yes, Fresh is Alvarium's flagship New England IPA, utilizing a boatload of mosaic and citra hops for a true liquid rainbow sherbet experience. And I say I say sherbet. I actually had to look this up. There is a difference between sherbet and sherbet and sherbet. sorbet. Sorbet is Italian. Sherbert, which is what I grew up knowing as the correct term mm-hmm. for said. I think every little kid food. just says Sherbert. No, yes. that that's it's a lesser accepted spelling of Sherbet. I think it's lesser accepted because everyone got it wrong and they just were like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better. <laughs> All right. Citra hops, a.k.a. 114, were bred back in 1990. And Citra's lineage includes U.S. Tetnanger. Hallertau Mittelfra, Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, and an unknown variety of American wild hop. Unknown? Unknown. Citra went through extensive trials and testing, and the rights to this hop were held by three big breweries at one time, but they all ultimately passed on this hop. 
Losers. Yeah. Fools. (laughs) Then in 2007, the hop breeding company started to kind of shop it around to craft breweries, which is when Widmer Brothers, Deschutes, and Sierra Nevada all agreed to co-found acreage to grow Citra. They were the smart ones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Citra hops, as we already know, are citrusy. They have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which makes it good for bittering, but it's also excellent as aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is a very versatile hop. This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is a major hop oil, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. What is verbena? I have only seen it listed as like part of like a scent for like a candle or a body spray. Yeah. So the same. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's a smell it's a, from what? It's an aroma. <laughs> it smells like verbena. Yeah, it does smell like verbena. What's a verbena? This smell. <laughs> so Citra can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. And then we've got mosaic hops, a.k.a. Citra on steroids. Beefy Citra. (laughs) I'm imagining a a hop with like giant muscles. Oh, yeah. Mosaic was released in 2012. Glad we're on the same page. Featuring clean (laughs) but very complex characteristics, making this also a triple threat hop. That's right. Mosaic can be used for bittering, flavor, and aroma. It has high... (laughs) It has high alpha acids, but low cohumulone, making them pleasantly hoppy with notes of mango, pine, citrus, tropical fruit, stone fruit, bubblegum, berry or berry medley. And I will say the first time I have ever been able to detect the berry or blueberry in Mosaic was the single hop series from Tribus that we just had a couple weeks ago. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's the first time I've been able to actually detect those notes in Mosaic. It seems like it's hidden in everything else. All right. So the parents of Mosaic are Nugget and Simcoe, which kind of makes sense because the goal with Mosaic was to create a hop variety with similar aromatics to Simcoe, but one that could also offer higher yields come harvest time. And Fresh clocks in at 6.5 ABV, no SRM. Yeah, I think I know what womp, it's going to look womp. like. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's prove you right or wrong. Let's crack this baby open. All right. Ooh. It is pretty much exactly the color yeah, I thought it would be. It's basically, yeah. A little bit more it carbonated, though, on the New side. It is a New England IPA faux show. But yeah, I would agree. More carbonation. It smells good. It smells very citrusy with a little hint of Ooh. berry. Yeah, I can actually get it. Oh, maybe they actually achieved what we what we've been waiting for. Oh, that is nice. That is fresh, baby. Mm. I, oh, nice, nice cooling sensation going down right now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I I might be overreacting just off of that first <laughs> sip, but this, as far as New England IPAs go, especially a hazy boy, this is very refreshing in terms of like compared to all of the other New England IPA hazy boys that we've been uh, drinking, not just on the podcast, but like at breweries as well. Mm-hmm. 
this is tasty. This has more flavor. This has more aroma. It's not just like, here's some apricot. I would agree. It does not have much of like this, an overly apricot-y kind of taste or an yeah, overly mango kind we, of. We were getting so stone fruited out. <laughs> not that this doesn't have that. I think it definitely has that. It does, but it has more to offer than that. It's definitely a more wide range of those tastes. I get a little bit of the lychee. Mm-hmm. I want to say I get a little bit of that berry, but I don't think I get much, but I think I might get some. I get enough to differentiate this from other beers. It's the also very it's also really very good. light. It is very light. It, I think that's what keeps it refreshing mm-hmm. or refreshing. Fresh-ing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, I'll be You're on this so podcast for the rest funny. of this episode. But no, I, I do think it is definitely very refreshing. I am surprised. The carbonation that from when we first poured it in that kind Mm -hmm. of built up on the sides has dissipated. I'm wondering if that's because we filled these up with our um, our dockside glasses. Oh, no. Was this the wrong shape glass? uh, Well, I think it's settled now, but I think that it held those bubbles in a way that maybe IPAs aren't used to. Deceptive. Yeah. So it wasn't as bubbly as we thought, Uh, because for those that don't know, the dockside uh, brewery glasses that we sometimes use are um, Sam Adamsy. It's got that ball in the middle. Which kind of caught the IPA on the side, I think. But now the there's a name for it, and we top. should know it, but we don't. So deal with it. <laughs> we'll do a whole episode on beer glasses one day. Hey, we might. Don't knock it. I was also being serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just using my sarcastic voice as well. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, it's a very snob. It'll be a very snobby episode to kind of do. We won't do it snobby, but I mean, come on. Now it's definitely not keeping a cash. <laughs> no, I really like this, mm-hmm. and it is really refreshing. This is a great summertime IPA. Yeah, it is. Or will be, (laughs) rather. I will say that it it is maybe a tad heavier than you might want in a normal summer IPA, though, which keeps it, allows it to work in a day like where we're inside like today or something. Yeah, well, this is their flagship, so I would assume it's year round. Yeah. Yeah. I think that little bit of heaviness keeps it, I mean, not that you can't have any beer at any time, but this really keeps it as more of a year rounder, whereas Mm -hmm. the refreshingness of it and that taste and the kind of lightness of the mouthfeel would put it directly in summertime only yeah. kind of land yeah i feel like that little bit of heft that the haziness gives you keeps it grounded in a year-round yeah kind of beer and it's making me want to burp real bad it's something that wouldn't feel super summery if you were to crack it open in the winter but also it doesn't weigh you down if you crack it in the summer right this is an IPA that I would be like, I really want an IPA right now. This would mm-hmm. be one that I would I would go like if I wanted a a New England IPA. If I wanted a Nipa, Nipa, <laughs> I'd be like, I, this would be one that one of my go tos in terms of just like coming back from work wanting a beer. Yeah, not being in like a particular beer mood, just being like, I want a nice, refreshing New England that's not too weird, not too strong, not too adventurous. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not saying this isn't adventurous. No, I it's, like it's, I. it's a very relaxing kind of drink. Yeah. This is a very chill out kind of beer. And yes. This is a beer that I can absolutely unwind to at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, we choose very adventurous beers all the time. Purposely. Even because we, we want to make it interesting. Right. Even when we're not doing the show, though. That's true. Yeah. So half the time I go in the fridge after work and I, it's, I don't. 
They're, I don't have the mindset of, uh, I'm like, I don't want to go on an adventure right now. Yeah. Me and my taste buds just want to <laughs> chill. And we often don't have that kind of beer. Yeah. Like a laid back. And I feel like this is absolutely that kind of beer. Yeah. If you like New England IPAs, which I think you would. And I think even people that don't like New England IPAs so much would like this, or this would be a good starter. New this England would be a IPA good starter. From I, regular IPA. You can kind of, yeah. I would say this is almost... In mouthfeel, it's almost like an IPA and an ale had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, like overly it's not like crazy bitter either. No, but it's not sweet either. It's just got, it's very nicely balanced. Yeah, it is very nicely balanced. It does smell sweet though, which is nice because mm-hmm. that gives it that nice aroma. It's got the aromas pretty much stays the same too. A lot of the aromas change after they've been out of the can for a little while, but yeah, this one might've dissipated, but it's still pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I imagine it happens. I don't know if it happens because I haven't really met too many people from the West Coast here in Connecticut mm-hmm. talking about beer. But I imagine that people on the West Coast, when they have when I'm sure their breweries make New England IPAs like ours make West Coast. Yeah. They probably might have the same reaction being so used to West Coast IPAs that I had on my first West Coast. Which I was like, Ugh. yeah, although my first West Coast IPA was not very good. Yeah. Um, I have since had really good ones. So now I really like them, but <laughs> they might have the same reaction because they are. While similar, very different as well. They both mm-hmm. different bitterness, uh, different type of bitterness, different mouthfeel and different tastes as well. Yeah. Or different main tastes. I feel like this would be a good one to transition them to because this isn't trying to punch you in the face with New England. That's also true. <laughs> this isn't like America with its hand being like Maine is like its fist yeah. like coming down. And go, <laughs> this isn't that kind of New England uh, style IPA, which there yeah. are a lot of. And I can't understand how people who haven't like grown with that flavor that's come out Mm -hmm. wouldn't appreciate it you know people in the midwest people in the south or florida or out west oh yeah when we when we've gone down to florida i mean last year notwithstanding but there are no like hazy ipas down there when we go to i think there was one (laughs) one but yeah it's, it's not something they're like really crazy used to but i also feel like again a lot of that's a lot of what we have here now is trying to punch you in the face with it yeah. And be like, New England IPA, who can make the the New Englandist? Yeah. <laughs> and I love those beers. And it, it, I mean, I'm sure if I went straight to them, I would hate those. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, we yeah. got when, used to the flavor. We when we acclimated When we first started drinking, when we turned 21, I hated IPAs. You hated IPAs the first time you tried it. You sent it back. Oh, I know. I've told <laughs> but, that story before. I'm talking about New England IPAs in particular. Yeah. Once but craft feel, brewery started yeah. coming up and we started, you know, it was a slow yeah, build. Yeah, when, we, when we turned 21, it was pre- IPA craziness I, no, it was, or New it England. No, it was pre-Connecticut craft brewery boom. Yeah. It was two years before. But um, it was also pre-New England IPA. Yeah. Like craze. Thimble and Two Roads, which were pretty much the only two around us at the time. Yeah. They didn't really have a New England and you didn't really get too many of those New England style. And even when you did, it was a slow build toward the super crazy punch you in the face, hazy boys we have today. Yeah. Where cloud source is considered a light nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been like your starter beer back then. Mm-hmm. That's hard for someone now, someone who just turned 21, someone who's just starting to like beer, who's starting with you know, Natty Ice and college parties or Corona or Bud or something easy that they can jump into. I wonder if that's still a thing, though, or are they do do kids start out with that? Oh, yeah. Kids still start. Yeah, they don't have money for craft beer. Mm. Craft beer is crazy expensive. We shouldn't even be buying craft beer. It's not like we have money. (laughs) 
we have a podcast. <laughs> but it's it would be tough for them, I could see, jumping into these really big hazy boys. But mm-hmm. this, I think, is a good starter point. Like, once you finish beer, and once you start with an IPA, mm-hmm. once you're used to IPAs, you can go right to this beer. I could even say you don't even need to start with an IPA. This could be your IPA that you start with. Yeah. The bitterness isn't much different than a regular beer. And I think the sweetness that a New England gives you would kind of counteract the bitterness that you'd normally get from an IPA. It's just the flavors are like really going to attack your tongue if you're not used to an IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really good and really well done rounding out. When you were listing the hops, I was going. Yeah. Like, all right. Oh, wow. Citra. Oh, Mosaic. It's Citra. Yeah. (laughs) Simcoe. But this does a really they, good job yeah, of fleshing they, it out. They did something. Ve- they accomplished something very different for two of the you know the the most basic hops that we see constantly around here. Citra, you basic. <laughs> Guess what, Cheaty? What? You basic. Wait, what? But they did, and it's really well done. I just, I really have to go to Alvarium. I really just. This is now my third or fourth beer I've had from Alvarium. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first one I had was at Gathering of the Binds. Yep. And we think we had ago. it, but we're not positive when you bought the other one from them. Honey Shot. The Honey Shot. But it was another honey-based bee kind of beer that I yeah, had at Gathering well, of the Binds. That's the, I, I would assume it was Honey Shot only because, because we didn't know much about Alvarium at the time. This was 2017, 2018 that we, that we did Gathering the Binds. Mm-hmm. Um. We kind of assumed because their logo has the beehive on it, it's called Alvarium. We thought that maybe they incorporate honey somehow into everything they do, mm-hmm. not just the decor and paying tribute to the city of New Britain. Right. Um, but Honey Shot does have honey in it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was excellent. I mean, it took us a while to get through because it's a it's an 8.2%, I believe. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but it is delicious when you take the time. Yeah, it is really good. I can't remember the other one I've had, but we've had another one as well from yeah. at a restaurant. Well, another another um, super popular one from them that is like like a cult following. I feel like is Crunchyroll. I mean, Crunchyroll it's, it's a rice is, lager. Yeah, Crunchyroll is the name of uh, an anime movie studio. Oh, <laughs> they show anime movies. A lot of the times at the theater I work at. They also, I'm going to keep a lookout. I don't know if they're canning it or distributing it right now outside of the brewery, but they have a Mexicali lager infused with lime called El Capitan. Ooh. And it sounds delicious. Alvarium also makes an ecto cooler beer. Yes. Yep. But that's only at the brewery and it sells out like crazy fast. Oh, yeah. It's almost impossible to get. And we're 45 minutes away from them. So it's not like something where we can just, yeah. That's a got to take time off from work to get it. Yeah. But no, it's fantastic. And now onto the can, I suppose. Yeah. So the can is really cool. It's a really fun can. Uh, So fresh is spelt with a PH. So they make it funky. (laughs) So it is a kind of trippy, Grateful Dead tie dye style. Yep. So there's a citrus fruit. Looks like kind of like an orange as the pupil of an eye in the middle of the tie at the top of the tie dye. Above the fresh logo, and the fresh logo is super psychedelic white writing. Uh, New England IPA, which is purple, also trippy. Handcrafted in New Britain, Connecticut, and all of the tie dye is spilling out of this weird, abstract-looking guy's brain. Yep, <laughs> which is really fun. Yeah, 
And then also still in trippy writing says one pint Alvarium beer company, 6.5% alcohol by volume. And obviously Alvarium's logos on the bottom as well. And it's a bunch of bees in a beehive, which is a home. Yeah. You definitely pegged it with the uh, Grateful Dead. Oh yeah. On the side, the left and right sides of this label, which is, this is a tall boy can mm-hmm. a wraparound label, not a full press. The left side, it says, I believe in reincarnation ha. for their recycling logo, which is cool. It's got the independent craft brewers association logo on it, which is always appreciated. Come on down for a pint and a crisp high five. I don't think you can get those right now because of social distancing. You can get a crisp uh, elbow five. bump. Boom. Elbow bump. <laughs> Uh, and then they've got a BC logo, which I don't know what that is. It's like a B inside of a diamond inside of a triangle. And it says uh, BC on the bottom of that B. I don't know what that means. Probably maybe they're B protectors. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Alvarium Beer Company, 365 John Downey Drive, New Britain, Connecticut, 06051. Oh, it's got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the untapped logos. Ah. That's interesting. I haven't seen that before. And it says, keep refrigerated. Do not age. Drink now. (laughs) Uh, And then on the far side of that same side, it says artistry through industry. The Surgeon's General warning. But it's cool because most of the writing's on white. And then the Surgeon General warning is a little red stripe. And then the artistry through industry is a little black stripe on the end. So it keeps a good color scheme. And then on the other side, we get a little write-up from the Alvarium boys. One does not simply drink fresh, man. Oh, wait, I got to say this like, uh, hold on. One does not simply drink fresh, man. Fresh is a state of mind. Your headspace is either open to the idea of soft, juicy, tropical, fruity goodness from Citra and Mosaic hops, or it ain't. (laughs) You don't consume it. It consumes you. Oh, shit. (laughs) And that is uh, some guy living out of a van, it says. (laughs) First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Thanks for picking up this can. Clearly, you have good taste and or an attraction to shiny objects. By holding this can, you have inadvertently formed a bond with it and imprinted a piece of your soul inside. Putting the can down now may cause emotional damage to the contents, causing it to act out against future drinkers. Please keep your new friend cold and consume fresh from maximum happiness. Dispose of empty husk in a recycling bin. No tears. It had a rich, fulfilling life with you. And nobody can take that away. Drink fresh. Drink dank. Brian, Mike, and Chris. Founders, friends, and craftsmen. <laughs> and then it's got their actual like uh, signatures in the bottom, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. But I like those write-ups. That's pretty nice. Although it makes me feel bad about this can now. If I put it down. Aww. <laughs> uh, but no, that's cool. And I, I'm going to backtrack a second time because I, I fucked up this episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, the beer that I was just talking about with the, the, um, the Mexicali lager with the lime mm-hmm. is called El Cabron. El Capitan is the dockside lager that I was thinking of from last summer. <laughs> I thought it was. I didn't want to say anything because I was going to say I was going to say after the show. So there are two El Capitan Mexican beers from Connecticut. Yeah, no. Correction. <laughs> El Capron. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> it is very good. Very drinkable. Very fresh. Still really want to try Alvarium. Everything looks good behind there. It's pretty dope. I've seen pictures. One day. One day we'll get there. Yeah. All right, baby. I'm all done. What you got? 
I, I, I got nothing. All right. <laughs> so thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandoneopen, or shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. We want to work with you. We want to get beer from you. <laughs> we want to walk like you. Talk, talk like, like you. you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Now tell me your secret beer, man. And I'll tell you one, too. <laughs> oh, you took it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what else you got to plug? <laughs> My musical stylings. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a new movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know when you might find your own Forgotten Gem. Hey. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts. We come out every wednesday without fail uh you can also you find us on forgotten cinema podcast.com or forgotten entertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family i've also got two player bros a podcast i do with my friend dave and sometimes my brother alex where we're two people who play way too many video games join me and dave and like i said sometimes alex while we talk about <laughs> the latest in video game news previews reviews we have them all we play them all playstation xbox nintendo pc vr you name it, we got it. We talk about it. Two Player Bros comes out every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also available on ForgottenEntertainment.com, as we are also part of the Forgotten Entertainment Network. And then check out my books on Audible, please. I beg you. I don't get paid unless people buy those books. I've got a collection of books from Coffee at Midnight, a short story collection. I've got Sour a southern evil dead type fairy tale story where i do a southern accent switch art for and gangsters which is a kind of like a guy Ritchie british novel where i do a bunch of british accents which is pretty cool i've also got other ones like the murder of kelly christopher coming out soon um check those out look for michael butler look for those book titles on audible that's what i got and a special thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by joe reichert until next time Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that was loud. That's a good clink. <laughs>